0: I will lie down in peace and sleep for you alone, Lord. Make me dwell safe in safety. <coughs> Sometimes we're troubled at night and have trouble sleeping. And it says here that I will lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. There is a connection between having peace in our hearts and what we, our attitude towards the Word of God, and how it connects with our life. Because Sometimes we're woken up at night and God calls us to pray. But sometimes we're restless and can't sleep and we have no peace and turmoil in our hearts because of other reasons. The Bible tells us that we can have peace in our hearts. In Colossians chapter 3, it says, let the peace of God rule your heart. But it is a choice, when we read the word let, it means that there's a choice involved between whether we have God's peace in our hearts or whether we don't. So what is the difference? What is the the connection between having peace in our hearts and what the Word of God says? In Psalm 29.11 it says, the Lord will bless his people with peace. Now, some would interpret that like peace with other nations. <laughs> but the Bible says we are in Christ to our holy nation, not national boundaries, whatever country we live in. Not talking about that. So if God will bless his people with peace, then why is it sometimes we're not experiencing that peace of God. And these are the kind of things that each of us are challenged with. Why am I not experiencing that rest that the Bible talks about? In the book of Hebrews it says, those who believe do enter God's rest. And so we begin to see the connection between what God says and our attitude towards what He says. Our response to what He says. Our approach to our life according to what He says. And these are the things that we can easily overlook. It's not the way of the world. The way of the world is extremely reactionary. And we before we're in Christ, we are programmed that way. And that's why it says the put, when it says to put off the old man, it means that too, this programming, this way of thinking that we have been trained in, to be reactionary. Things are growing great. Things are going great. We're in peace. We're happy. We're joyful. Things are not going great. We're the opposite. Watch the world we live in. The way it is in the world. Somebody hits the lottery, they're happy. Somebody loses at the casino, they're miserable. You know? If they hit the jackpot, they're happy as can be. That's the way of the world. And we can follow suit if we just let things flow. There's sickness, there's challenges there's problems of all kinds and we're down and we have that black cloud on us and we and we and we have that big boulder on on our shoulders something good happens God answers a prayer you know we have help in some way another people we're praying for God is reaching them we see positive signs. And those are probably, oh, happy we're riding that roller coaster up on the top. And there we go. We're up and down. In, in Christendom, it's called roller coaster Christianity. We're up and we're down. We're up and we're down. And it's not the way Jesus lived. If you examine the life of Jesus, we see that he's not like that. He seems to have some sort of secret about him that he is able to stay on a spiritual plane you don't see Jesus down in the dumps the closest thing we have to that is when he's in the garden of Gethsemane when he's really wrestling with what's going to happen he knows what's going to happen he's going to be crucified he's going to suffer a lot of pain and he says he's ready. He's willing. He says, but the flesh is weak. His body doesn't want to do that. And he wins in this wrestling. He wins. And you see a man at peace before Pontius Pilate. He he doesn't say a word when he's being uh, accused of all these false witnesses at the Sanhedrin at the trial. It seems like he has some secret about how he can maintain this level of peace in the face of all kinds of horrible things. In the face of people wanting to stone him. In the face of condemnation. In the face of 40 lashes. Carrying his cross the Calvary, after taking a terrible beating, being put on the cross and still having peace in his heart. Before he gets to the cross, he says, Women of Jerusalem, don't weep for me, but for yourselves and for your children. Because he knew what the Romans were going to do within that generation. Still having a spiritual mind. On the cross... He says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Still walking in the love of God. Keeping himself in the love of God, Father. And still keeping in mind the will of the Father. And saying, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And he says, it is finished. He ran the race. He finished what God had called him to do, and it was done. And he could say that at the end of that. That is the life that's put before us. And the secret is revealed that it's really opened up to us in the Word of God. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. His sleep shall be sweet you read in the book of Jeremiah. We read it all over the New Testament, old and New Testament, that there is a connection between believing what the Word of God says for us, taking it on a personal level, and what happens on the inside of us. There is no mistake of that. And the opposite is also true. There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked in the book of Isaiah. I believe it's in Ecclesiastes that says the wicked are like the waves of the sea. They never can rest. Does that mean if there's turmoil and unrest in my heart that I'm wicked? What it means is that we're wrestling against our carnal, wicked human nature that all of us have. And that's what causes the unrest, that turmoil, that, that uneasy feeling, and you know, we're wrestling, the wrestling that's going on in the inside of us. The Bible says that the spirit wrestles, that the spirit and the flesh are at enmity with each other. And we experience that enmity inside of us. And that's what Jesus is experiencing at Gethsemane, in the Garden of Gethsemane. His desire was to do the will of God in his heart. But his body saying, no, no, no. <clears throat> when we're being tempted, our heart is saying, I will do the will of God. Our flesh is saying, who cares about that? I want to do this. I want to I do what I want to do, the self-will. And there's the, there's the entity going on inside of us. And we have the enemy <clears throat> trying to influence us to follow that evil nature we, each of us has that evil wicked nature we may never we may never see have never have seen or never will see the extreme of it but it's there and it's in all of us that's why it says you know those who are Christ have crucified the flesh Jesus says we must deny ourselves and pick up our cross, the crucifixion of the flesh, and follow him. Because it's in doing that that we're free to follow in the footsteps of Jesus when we experience his peace. It's in believing God. May the God of all hope fulfill you with joy and peace in believing. Believing, not just believing the Word of God, but believing the Word of God for me. Just taking it in. I remember there was a woman that Kate and I knew in Norristown. She was an ex-heroin addict. And she had gone to a lot of meetings and a lot of different places and evangelistic meetings, all kinds of meetings, and she heard a lot of the Word of God. And she had been ministered to by a lot of Christians. And she eventually passed on. And our hope is that she's with the Lord. But one of the things she said that she struggled with, she goes, I believe that God, that God uh, loves us. She says, but I really struggle that God loves me. When it becomes personal, that's where the struggle really begins for some of us, that He loves me as an individual, not just this whole thing, like we're a bunch of cattle and God loves us all, and just all this you know generic kind of love. no, God loves us each as individuals. It says the very hairs of our head are numbered. God knows us that intimately, and it's that personal. and when we can embrace. That God loves me as an individual. That's where we're getting somewhere. And not only that, but the promises of God are for us who are in Christ individually. That means me too. The promise of God, that's for me. What God says, the things are, it's not just for, you know, some body sitting out on a mountaintop. It's for me. It's for you. It's for us. Us who are in Christ. It's for us. And so, we can stand on it. And if we can stand on it, in believing, we find joy and peace in believing. In believing what? In believing what he said. In believing his promises. In believing his word. When he says, ask and you shall receive, and we believe something like that, well, that makes all the difference in the world. And many... Christian parent have said oh my children are here and there and everywhere I know you know we're going through a lot of Kate and I go through a lot of songs with our children we know but there's promises concerning all these things concerning our future generations and we have to not be moved by what we see, by the seen but by the unseen by the power of God, and trust God that when he says, ask and we shall receive, that he's going to answer our prayers. And take that in on a personal level and apply it into personal situations in life. That's when it becomes real. That's when it becomes reality. It's not just a bunch of religious talk. That's when it becomes real, when it applies to my life. Because what good is it if it's just a bunch of talk and it doesn't meet us where we are? But God meets us where we are. He is our God. He is our Father. For us, are in Christ. As many as receive Him, to them He gives the power to become the children of God. If we're the children of God, that means God is our Father. Amen. we receive Christ, then God is our Father. We look at life differently then. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is we can easily forget all of this. And we can just be grazing out in a cornfield somewhere and forget everything we've learned and everything we've read in the Word of God and not apply it to ourselves. And that's where we get in trouble. That's where the turmoil comes. That's where we feel hopeless. We feel helpless. We feel depressed and discouraged and we get beat up. And the devil takes advantage of us. When the Bible says, love our enemies, yeah, but if I love my enemies, then they'll take advantage of us. Don't worry about it. Just walk in the light of God's Word. It's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And it invigorates and revitalizes us mm-hmm. as we believe it. Because we can read the Word of God. and we can I, can, I read ten chapters a day and, you know, and I'm still and feel dark and everything else. Well, how much of what we read did we believe?
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. you know, if, if if we don't mix faith with what we heard, then we're just like the Israelites. We can see all the works of God. We can see water coming out of a rock. We can see 10 plagues in Egypt. We can see the, the, the Red Sea opening up. And we will gain no insight from any of that. We don't mix faith with what we believe, with what we've heard. Sorry. We don't mix faith with what we've heard. We don't get any insight from it. Jesus said of his own disciples, they gained no insight from the miracles that they saw of the loaves and the fishes. Now these were people who spent every day with Jesus. They heard all of his teaching, all of his preaching. They saw all of his miracles. And what did he say to them? How is it you have no faith? What's wrong with you? You know, how is it you have no faith? Oh, slow to believe. Slow of heart to believe. Oh, faithless and perverse generation. He said that concerning his disciples. When his disciples couldn't cast out demons out of this boy. I cast a demon out of this boy. His response was, oh, faithless and perverse generation. Twisted generation. How long will I be with you? a hard heart a hard heart towards the, what God has said in his word what he declares in his word I remember a bumper sticker says God said it I believe it and that settles it that settles it We mean that settles it? that settles it in my heart that settles it in my mind that I have to reorder my life according to the Word of God and deprogram myself from all the carnality, and all the trash, and all the way of the world, and all the way of darkness, and all the way of my human nature. <clears throat> from the air I'm going to go to uh, John 14. John 14, um, David, you could read verses 25 and 27.
1: These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Mm
0: -hmm. It's not the peace of the world. This is not worldly minded. This is not the peace that the world has. Because like I said, the peace of the world comes and goes. He said, my peace I give to you. Are we, are we experiencing peace in our life and our hearts? So wait, you know, i got all these problems, though. You see, but if it's only when we don't have problems that we have peace. thats the peace of the world. That's what Jesus is talking about. This isn't the kind of peace he's talking about. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. And if we are experiencing that, he says, don't let your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Fear and turmoil and trouble in the heart are a choice. Peace or trouble. Peaceful seas or troubled seas in our hearts. Jesus told us in John 16, he says, The last verse, verse 33. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Trouble is part of life. And so he says, don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Trouble on the outside, the peace on the inside. We can have it. That's the peace that Jesus promised. Promised. A promise from God. And God is not a liar. We can experience the peace of God. He said, well, I want to experience that. How can I get that? You must believe it. Believe this message. Believe that He gives us peace. Jesus said, I have come to bring a, give you life, and that more abundantly that abundant life. Do we believe that? Do we if we believe it, are we experiencing it for us? Again, this gets personal. Down in our hearts. Am I experiencing abundant life on the inside in my soul? Am I <coughs> experiencing peace in my soul or am I kind of up and down and all over the place? It's a fight. stay in this place. Let the peace of God roll in your heart. That doesn't come naturally. That doesn't come without a fight. Because we have to bring every thought captive to obeying Christ in order to experience that. Casting out all imagination. So what? Imagination. Imagine everything that can possibly go wrong. In the world it's called Murphy's Law. Rule all. Whatever can go wrong, will go wrong. And we can have a mindset that makes us fearful because we're afraid that's going to happen. Whatever can go wrong is going to go wrong and we're scared and we're fearful. and a, You know, get a chest wall, oh, I'm going to get pneumonia. We have fear of pneumonia. We fear disease. We find a lump and we fear cancer. goes on and on. We get forgetful when we fear dementia, fear Alzheimer's disease, all kinds of things. And we can just walk in fear. But the Bible tells us that if we trust God, we will not fear evil tidings, bad news. We we'll don't fear bad things coming upon us. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. But spiritually minded is not natural. If we follow our own inclinations, our natural inclinations, the only time we'll ever have peace is when everything is lined up right. And that rarely happens in life. It explains why so many on anxiety medication, antidepressants, tranquilizers, nerve medicine. There's no peace in the natural way. And so many people are on these medications that they're concerned. That the byproduct, the byproduct of these medications after they pass through are getting in the waterways, are getting in the, in, the, in the public water and everything else. So much of it. pharmaceutical companies are just glad to keep on pumping this stuff out. What is the answer? answer is let the peace of God rule in our hearts, as we read in Colossians. Let the peace of God rule our hearts. By being spiritually minded. In everything. I well, say so that doesn't seem realistic. Well that's where the fight is. That's what we're fighting to bring every thought captive to obeying Christ. And the Bible says we have weapons of our warfare that God has given us that will bring us into a place where we can have our thoughts prisoner. Our mind in a place where it's obeying Christ. Our thoughts line up with the Word of God. Our thoughts line up with the life of Jesus, the way He lived. It doesn't come without a fight. We have to put up our spiritual dukes and fight. That's all there is to it. It's not comfortable, we don't like it, but that's just the way it is. And we we have to accept that and put, put our shoulder to the plow, so to speak, as Jesus said. He will keep him in perfect peace. whose mind is stayed on thee, also in the book of Isaiah. The peace of God in our hearts. If our mind is stayed on him, stayed on his word, stayed on his way, focused on him, Romans 14.17 The kingdom of God is not food and drink but righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's, if we're experiencing the kingdom of God here and now Jesus said the kingdom of God shall be you. He's talking about being born of the Spirit. The kingdom of God within us the Holy Spirit living inside of us if we're experiencing that He says it's righteousness, joy, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. One of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is peace, joy, peace, love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, kindness, faith. May the Lord of peace give you peace always and in every way. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. So it comes back to us, doesn't it? And our own personal responsibility in our walk with God. I'm going to finish with a, a psalm I've been meditating on recently, Psalm 91. Psalm 91 spoke to me often when I was an early Christian. Still does to this day.
1: Dave, if you could read the whole chapter for us. Sure. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. It's a great psalm.
0: The Secret Place of the Most High. This is the place of those who trust him. Trust him means trusting his word, trusting what he has said, trusting his promises, trusting for his protection and his guidance and his help. He says a 10,000 10, may fall at your right hand, you know, but it will not, you will not be taken. You know, that really shows us that we can't look at anybody else. The Bible says those who compare themselves among themselves and by themselves are not wise. It's not wisdom to compare our life in that a kind of exactness to the life of others. We can gain encouragement from the work of God in other people's lives and learn lessons from the disasters that befall others. But comparing life to life is not wise. And he says, we have made the Lord our refuge, our secret place of safety. That's where our heart is. That's where we are, in, in that dwelling place. We're living. He, he dwells, and when you says dwell, it means you, you're living there, in the secret place of God. That secret place it's a walk on water. It's trusting God for things we do not see. Because if we saw them, then it's not faith. But that's the place of refuge. That's the place of hope. That's the place of peace and safety. Because we will dwell safely there. My God in him I will trust. My refuge and my fortress. He shall deliver you. Shall deliver you. He shall cover you. You shall not be afraid. The terror by night. The burglar. The ones lurking in the darkness. Fear, all kinds of things like happened on the news. Shootings and horrible things happening in the world. Terror in the streets. We don't have to live that way. We can be in that secret place of peace, of tranquility, of calm seas on the inside. the arrow that flies by day, guns and and knives, I mean we don't have to fear that bombs, nuclear weapons, we don't have to fear any of those things. God has it all under control. Mm-hmm. And there's that secret place. Be covered with his feathers. You know, there's that secret place that Jesus dwelt in, that we can live in. The pestilence. We live in an age of pestilence, of plagues. Jesus told us, be one of the signs of his coming earthquakes famines food shortages financial disasters it's all on the horizon poverty we need not fear any of these things if we dwell in that secret place and we can dwell there we can live in that place of peace and safety in the most high God To our Lord Jesus Christ. We make the Lord our refuge. No evil will befall us. Why are we fearing evil then? We read God's word. He shall give his angels charge over us. In the book of Hebrews, it says, angels. Are ministering spirits who have been sent out to serve those who will inherit salvation the church the people of god the power of god angels ministering to us it's all there what do we have to fear if our mind is in this spiritual realm but that's the problem we just go home and fill our minds with TV and media and all kinds of nonsense, I wonder why we're not experiencing the abundant life, the peace of God. If we're hooked into the way of the world, we go from hearing the word of God to just being, hearing the, the word of the world, I wonder why we have no peace. When we're feeding the flesh. We're walking in the carnal mind. No wonder there's no peace. For the angels, it says that God will give his angels charge of you to keep you in all your ways and in their hands they shall bear you up. This is very personal. That God takes a personal interest in each of us and he gives his angels charge concerning us and not only for us, But also our children and our children's children, because there are promises for them, by the way. That they are set apart by one believing parent. It says, You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. This is the language that is used concerning the devil. A serpent, a snake, a dragon, a lion. The Bible says that he that that the devil roams about like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour, whom we should resist steadfast in the faith. Steadfast in the faith. Believing the word of God. He will deliver us, he will set us on high. Because we know his name. We have known his name. We believe in him. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. He was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the furnace. He was with David when he confronted Goliath. He was with Jonathan and his armor bearer. He was with the children of Israel when they were walking with him and they went out to battle and they trusted him he was with them in the time of Hezekiah and Jehoshaphat he was with Moses and Aaron he was with Joshua he says I will never leave you or forsake you he said to Joshua and no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life if you walk with me How can we lose on this path? How can we lose? We can't lose. We cannot lose if we dwell in that secret place of trust, of faith, walking with Christ. We cannot lose. Don't be intimidated with what's going on around us, what's going on in our life. Do not cower or be intimidated. Trust him in all times, all you people. Pour out your heart before him, for God is a refuge for us.